Hey, Shannon, are you ready for summer? Oh, I know you are. And I bet some of your students are too. I'm also sure that we have some parents who need some ideas to get their kids to continue practicing reading over the summer. So let's dive right in. This is the Reading Teacher's Lounge, where listeners can eavesdrop on professional conversations between elementary reading teachers. We're passionate about literacy and strive to find strategies to reach all learners. Shannon and Mary are neighbors who realized that they were literacy soul sisters at a dinner in their Atlanta neighborhood. Once they started chatting about reading, they haven't really stopped. Come join the conversation. Welcome to episode 26 of the Reading Teacher's Lounge podcast. This episode is about hands-on learning in the summer. Hi, I'm Shannon Betts, and I've been teaching for over 16 years, soon to be 17 years. My specialty is locating the missing pieces in students' reading development and choosing just right activities to fill those gaps. You can find me online at readingdevelopment.com and at rdngdevelopment on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, I'm Mary Sagafi. I'm a reading tutor and dyslexia advocate. I have taught in all elementary grades. I have Orton-Gillingham training, and I've been helping students with reading issues and dyslexia for 10 years. I love talking all things special education and beyond. I believe that humor goes a long way when asking students and teachers to do hard things. I'm excited to share with Shannon and learn along with all of you. So we're going to dive right in. Um, I have compiled a great... Dive. Ha 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 ha. The pool. Summer. I'm so (laughs) glad you get it. Um, So the summer learning activities that can get you and your kids into the mindset that reading is fun and can be enjoyed by everyone. Um, So Shannon and I have pulled some ideas together for you and we hope that you can get excited about summer um, being more of a time to recharge and enjoy the warm weather unless you're one of our Australian listeners. Sorry about that. We, we'd love to hear what you do uh, when you get the warm uh, months too. Um, so my first big piece of advice, and I'm sure Shannon would agree with me, is once your kids are out of school, take a trip to the library. If your kids don't have a library card or if you don't have a library card, there is no time like the present, but really get started and get your kids interested in some books and really kind of meander throughout the library and just see what you can find and pick up. And then when you get home, place those books in separate areas around your house so that your kids are really surrounded by books. Um, we have a book container by our in our bathroom. We have a book container right next to each of the kids' beds. Um, We even have a big set of books right in front of our TV, which is really helpful as an alternative for that. Um, And when it's not raining, we also have a basket that we keep out on the porch because we love sitting outside and reading on the porch. So... And talk to the students about getting library cards, too. So my buddy, Tony, that goes to the school library every day, he was bugging me this morning and saying, when can we go back to the media center? And I was like, the media center's done for the year. They're doing inventory. You can't check out anymore. And his face just fell. And I said, the school, you know, the the city library is going to come and visit the school, you know, before the end of the school year. I was like, I want you to really pay close attention and get a packet that they give you yeah. because you need to get a library cart because then you could check out like 30 books and bring them home. And he was like, 
really? Aww. So hopefully uh, some of the students will go to the library over the summer too. I think that the summer reading programs are a really great incentive, and that's a good thing that the public libraries do. That's too. true. Yeah, that that's really true. And even if you have younger kids, the you know summer reading programs usually continue um, and have younger kids' activities as well as school-age children's activities. So. Um, if you haven't made friends with the librarian, I highly suggest it. Yes. It's, it's a great way to get to know your community. Um, when I was growing up, we had the bookmobile too. Oh, that's right. The bookmobile always I don't know if, yeah. yeah. I don't no. know if that still happens, but it would come to vacation Bible school and other things. And... Yeah, we did too. Oh man, I hadn't thought about bookmobile in a while. I mean, that's right. it was just like traveling books. It's awesome. <laughs> no, that is awesome. Well, I have another, um, thing that I'm, I have not started before, but I'm definitely going to do it this year, and that's to write a summer bucket list with my family. Um, and I really want to make some commitments for the summer with just as a, our core family. So we're going to make a list of places that we want to visit, um, you know, who we want to have a play date with and maybe what we want to do and try and schedule that a little in advance and then make three goals. So it might be learning to swim across the pool, um, you know, without the floaties. Or, um, you know, it might be learning to ride bike without training okay. wheels. That's kind of the era that I'm in. So it doesn't have to be academic related. But I also have sometimes worked with my kids when they're tutoring. And we'll talk about getting however many words per minute um, when they're doing their typing. And so maybe they want to practice their typing skills over the summer um, or uh, you know, they really want to reach a certain level on a video game and any of those goals are okay. This is fun and it's summertime and it's outside of the classroom, but, but it's still like working on those engagement skills. That's, yeah, that's exactly in a relaxed right. way. So, um, the other thing is, um, make a list of books that you want to read or, or goals that you have. And that includes read alouds. So if you've been putting off reading, you know, a longer chapter book with your kids, Take a little bit of time and, and spend the summertime doing that because it doesn't have to be right before bedtime. It could be various times during the day. You can do books on tape, too, when you travel. Or right. books on CD. That, like, I think yeah. Cracker Barrel, you know, you can pick it up at one location and drop it off at another when you're on a road trip. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I, I definitely some do other that. friends who have, like, listened to the whole Harry Potter series and stuff like that while traveling. <gasps> Interesting. Well, I'm definitely going to look into that. Um, the other thing is, uh, this is a really good time to like reevaluate with your family. Like, what are your goals for screen time over the summer? Um, you know, every family is different. Sometimes I work with kids that I tutor about what they want to do. So maybe some of their screen time is academic related and they want to work on, you know, typing a story. Maybe they want to work on their typing skills. Maybe they want to continue working on Lexia um, and, and keeping up their phonics skills. So that can be included on screen time. Um, but I would just say start the conversation right now. I think it's a good time. If you really want to make reading a priority, then you also need to make sure that you're allowing the parts of the day for it. I like that. Well, so, and in our public library, they have um, online books that students, like my son checks yeah. out online books. The, right, that's and true. And he can read them on his tablet. And then here in Georgia, the last two summers in a row, so hopefully this year they'll do it the same, um, they paid for um, any child living in Georgia to get a special login and get access to digital books for free over the summer. Was that through Hoopla? 
Was that uh, no, movie? it was no? it was called My On. Oh. Well, I mean, that's the thing, is that if you make friends with your librarian, they will give you this information yeah. that exists all over. And we got, you know, like we got logins like the last week as school teachers. And so, you know, we wrote them on index cards to give them to the students. That's wonderful. Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking, too, is that one of the best things about the summer is that it's a time, like time kind of feels a little different. It's yeah, a little it's more not relaxed. As rushed. It's not as rushed. Um, so this morning, I, I love the Calm app. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but I love the Calm app. And so during my meditation today, uh, the meditation was about time. And they were talking about how the Greeks had um, two concepts of time. And one is chronos, and the other is kairos. And chronos is like clock time and how we're so, you know, regimented and we're slaves to the clock. And chronos is, I'm sorry, but then um, kai, kairos is like the human time. It's when you can get, you know, lost out in nature and it feels like, oh, the day just flies right by because you're so engaged in an activity. Okay. And I think that young children are especially very engaged and have that very little sense of time. And so part of the school day, I think, is actually helping children to understand that chronos concept of time. And then Summertime, I think, is a way for teachers to engage in the Kairos part of time. Yes, so, to recharge, for to sure, recharge. but and then so, also for our own children. Right. So I think that this is the perfect time to renew this sense of Kairos in your life. So, um, and, and that also brings me to this other point that I really want to talk on the front end of this conversation about, and that is kids are outside of the classroom environment, so don't keep it too structured. Yeah. Um, they are naturally curious and allowing them to experiment with rules and the direction of an activity um, makes it really meaningful and gives them ownership. So I have a lot of resources that I'm going to talk about and it kind of will give you detailed information, but be really flexible when you approach a child with a new activity because if they can take ownership and engage in it, then it's going to be even more meaningful. Um, And then I would say that Keeping the activity short, like to about five minutes, just have an expectation about five minutes. But if your child is engaged, you have to figure out that balance. Know when to step in and then know when to back away and let them kind of do it independently. Uh, And then the other piece is if reading and these kind of activities are challenging for your kids, make sure that you catch them at a good time to try a new activity. (laughs) So if you wait until like the the late afternoon and they've been at the pool all day and they're cranky and they're hungry and they're waterlogged, you're really not going to get their best effort. That is a good point. It can backfire and you don't, you know, so you'll lose that, that strong learning connection. So, um, we love to be outside in the summer. So I'm going to give you some non-traditional surfaces that you can use classroom type activities for. Um, you know, so like if you don't want the mess of Play-Doh inside of your house because you've already scraped it out of your carpet, like I have, just go outside, take it outside. Um, so I think the big thing is just setting up the environment for success, especially at the beginning of the summer. So utilize dirt and water and mud. If you're going to the beach, by all means, incorporate the sand and the seashells and, you know, all kinds of things. But there are some supplies that I think are ideal to have on hand. So paint brushes and chalk paint are always really fun. A big bucket of chalk that you just keep close to the outdoor space that you are uh, near. Um, paint brushes. 
I love to have a variety of paintbrushes because we paint with water all the time. Okay. And then it just evaporates. Um, and, uh, you know, a bunch of leaves and pebbles. Uh, I saw a really great picture, and I will post this, but have um, your children write letters or write a word or whatever it is, and then use pebbles to go over the chalk drawing that you've already okay, done. Okay, to trace that little to shape. To trace it. Mm-hmm. And I've also seen it done with... Uh, goldfish crackers and all kinds of things but make sure that you change up the mediums because this is fun that'll Um, especially help with like the b and d and some of those other tricky letters we were talking about i'm so glad you brought that up because that's exactly what i was thinking about when i when i saw that um at our house i have recently started keeping a clipboard and pencils and markers and crayons in a spot that's accessible to the door So we have um, a back porch and we use our back porch often. And so the kids will just take their little clipboards and a few crayons and we'll just go out on the porch and and draw that way. Um, So keep it close to the door. Also keep some post-it notes on hand or index cards, um, sight word cards. I'm sure the school has been sending home sight word cards. You can easily print them online. Get them at the Dollar Tree. Yeah, or the Dollar Tree or Target or wherever. Um, and also other kind of letters would be great too. So magnet letters, foam letters, numbers, um, those are always, uh, oh, bananagrams are great. Yeah. Scrabble letter tiles. There's stamps that have alphabet numbers on them. You don't need to get all of these. Just make use of what you have already mm-hmm. in your house. Um, I love bath paint, uh, the Target dollar bin recently, they have had some tubes of bath paint, okay, which is fine. really great shaving cream. Um, and Play-Doh, of course. So that's just to get you stocked. I'm sure you have most of these things on hand. Um, so let's talk about some ideas. So how about this great website that I found, um, and it's called What Moms Love. They have 101 ideas to encourage learning with chalk. So, a bunch of them that had never occurred to me. Yeah, this one is so great. I love this first one, and that is um, a word ladder. So a word ladder sort of has to do with word families, and you would change. So the image I have has a little girl kind of hopping up, and her words are cat, mat, rat, sat, um, and she's reading each of the words. So um, all of the links that we have will be um, on our show notes, which will be a little bit lengthy, but you can click and see Um what or go directly to our webpage readingteachersonshock.com and you can see them all in one long blog post yep um you know what before i go on i i did come up with some other ideas you're gonna love this okay so i love this idea of having these alternative surfaces to work on because i feel like you can change any of these ideas and apply them to all these surfaces so one was consider um using blackboard paint so Maybe you have just a big, you know, extra sheet of wood lying around. Paint it with chalkboard paint and lean it up against your fence. If you are able to paint your fence, that would be a great space that kids could use for vertical writing. Um, Or just hang a big roll of paper up outside and have them write outside that way. Uh, This one I loved. A shower curtain at the Dollar Tree is only a dollar, and it's just that shower curtain liner, and you can use dry erase markers on it. Brilliant. Isn't that so smart? Yes. Um, And then the other one that I also loved is, you know, we have, like, 
one of those play tents in our playroom mm -hmm. that is great, but it doesn't always get utilized. But their advice was to move it around, move it around the house, set it up, and set them up for success by putting some favorite books in there and some cozy pillows and making just a little reading time. Nice. And then move it to a different spot in the house, you know, every week or whatever. Set it outside, have some camping time and reading time. So I loved that. Um, okay, so, yeah. Love the shower curtain liner, especially. I, that blew my mind. Yeah. I'm not joking. It was amazing. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you can do now that we have all of these ideas. Um, the first one is uh, working on letter sounds. So you can talk about um, spraying sounds. So if you want your kids to read a word, say, oh, what is that vowel sound? Spray the vowel and then have them sound out the vowel and then read it, which I thought was so... So if you wrote leg, wind leg. chalk... Yep. On the on sidewalk, on the sidewalk wherever. or wherever. Then you could you would say with this little spray bottle, spray the vowel. Spray the vowel. Okay. Or, or use then the spray hose. each sound as you sound it out. Yep. And it could be a water gun, it could be a water balloon. Oh, I mean yes. think about all of these fun things that you can My boys use. would love that. So part of it is just that the adults have to have that like forward thinking about oh, do I have that easily accessible? Which is why I'm telling you, make it all accessible right now. Stick it on a basket by the door so yeah. you're ready to go. And Pinterest is my best friend. I'm always <laughs> just constantly looking up new ideas. So um, these are easy. I also love those pool noodles. There's all kinds of ideas on Pinterest about pool noodles. Yes, we do suggest um, using two colors. So use one color for the consonants and one color for the vowels because that just really draws the eye. Yep, I think that color coding really helps. And that's actually true for a lot of things. You don't always have to make that the hard and fast rule, but when you are working on vowels, which are sometimes troublesome, if you highlight them in, in a separate color, it does really help reading and decoding. Um, so this game is really fun with pool noodles. You have pool noodles that are cut into about three inch um, rings and they have letters on them. This one that I have says sun so they would stack up the letters S-U-N and then you get to knock it over which is really fun. Yes and then you could change the first sound or change the last sound. Mm -hmm. Oh this one is cute too so this one is um, chalk tracing and painting so uh, an adult or the child could write a word and then you take a paintbrush with just water and you trace over it. So, so it erases it. it. Okay. Yep. Um, oh, my daughter's really into this. This was her goal today. She says, mom, can we learn to jump rope? And yes. Summer bucket list. Summer starting bucket early. List. Well, I did find this great book of 101 jump rope rhymes and Jump rope rhymes would be so great for phonological awareness. Yes. We, you know, it's like great. Miss Susie had a baby. She named it Tiny Tim. I just remember those from childhood, and we were working on so many reading things without even realizing it. Well, it's true. Your word prediction and rhyming, and think how you, how many years has it been since you've heard that song or right. thought of that song, and it still gets stuck in your head because you have the, like the song memory, the musical memory attached yes. to it. And so these are really um, great as well. So uh, the one I have is called Anna Banana, um, 101 Jump Rope Rhymes by Joanna Cole. And I also checked on Pinterest, and there's a lot of different 
jump rope rhymes. That Fantastic. Would be great for that. This one is great too. Sight word soccer. Um, sight word soccer is where you have different colored cones or different soccer cones, and you can label onto this cone um, a sight word that you would want your kid to read, and then they're going to kick the ball to the cone that has that sight word. I am doing this. So we've set up, because I have two boys at my house, unlike the two girls at your house, <laughs> and we've set up our whole garage as a soccer field with AstroTurf and everything, and we I'm always tripping over soccer cones in my house. And so Perfect. I'm going to label them with sight words and also probably some consonants and vowels so that my five-year-old can practice blending and yeah. reading. Well, this one um, also made me think of a little boy that's near and dear to my heart. Um, it's called Construction Site um, Scoop and Spell. And um, the each of the rocks are labeled with a Sharpie, and they're, you know, kind of larger pebbles, and they have all the different alphabet letters on them, uppercase and lowercase. And um, so the goal is to... Uh, scoop them up into the truck and you take your big, you know, Tonka sized truck or whatever, and then you spill it out and you can create words with the letters that you have collected. I love that. Okay. My sister, I know you're listening. Um, yeah, your, your boys, my nephews would love that game. I could completely see them playing it. So use the little dump truck and, um, Right, gather a bunch of rocks on your property, and you yeah. can use two color sharpies, one for the consonants, one for the vowels. So there's great and ideas. Label that the go letters. With so if your kid needs to work on spelling their name, give them something that they can take those letters and match them to their name. Yes. Or you can do um, right because if you wrote it with chalk on the sidewalk, then they could match the pebbles to that. Yep. Uppercase and lowercase. If you want them to spell some specific CVC words and they need some ideas, or maybe they can start generating their own words that they are identifying. So there's a whole bunch of different levels that would go with it. This is a really great site too. Um, it's called the Imagination Tree and. She has really wonderful ideas um, that go along with that. Um, so conversely, um, she also has sight word pebbles. So instead of the construction site um, pebbles that have just the letters, she also does sight words. And I love this because I would definitely be using this with my students for tutoring. And so Spoiler alert, this is probably happening this summer. But um, with the sight words, you can have them write sentences either on the sidewalk or, um, you know, even on a piece of paper and then have them use the pebble in place uh, on their paper, on their sentence that they've written on the sidewalk and just like use it in. I can't think of what the word is when you have like a blank. It's called a closed passage. A, a clo thank you. A closed passage. Um, right. So. I thought that would be lovely. Uh, all right, we're still going with outdoor games. Love this. Hula hoops. Hula hoops can be used for a number of different ideas, but this one's one I hadn't seen before for sound blending. So you put three big hoops on the ground, or however many hoops you have, mm -hmm. and you would label. Um, this one has B-A-G, and you have the student hop into each of the hoops saying the sound. I mean, that's so multisensory. Like, already an Elkona box is multisensory for moving the chip or whatever, but to actually move your body right. for each of those sounds and then blend it together is it's so cool. It's a human-sized Elkona box, which yeah. I love. Um, another idea would be instead of the big hula hoops, you could use buckets. Okay. Same way. Um, also, uh, maybe you want to use hula hoops as, like, a Venn diagram, and you can sort 
out words that maybe have long and short vowels. Or, or you could sort some of the alphabet tiles, like which ones have sticks and circles, which ones are only curvy lines, which ones are only sticks. Love that. I think, yeah, absolutely. So those are great ideas. You could even just put B's and D's out there oh. and then have them. And you can do uppercase and lowercase. Yeah. Uh, but I love the B's and D's. B's and D's, P's and Q's. Yes, and they could sort where they go. Oh, that's a great one. Okay, so uh, another one of my favorite um, devices is the fly swatter. We have those <laughs> here in the South. <laughs> so um, there's a number of games that you can play. I have a picture, um, and I love this because I want to let parents know that you don't need to lay out the entire alphabet in front of your young children. Um, you can just work on three, four, five, six letters at a time, and that is perfectly fine. So this little boy has four letters in front of him, and the goal of this sort is for him to take the fly swatter and slap the sound. So the teacher, the parent would say, slap the w sound, and you don't give him the letter, and then he would slap it, and then you can either trade out those letters or not. Um, also, we love I Spy, so yes. that's a really fun thing to do in, inside or outside. I do that when driving or on a walk. Right. You can do it with beginning sounds, rhymes with. Yes. Um, I'll blend it. I mean, I'll say it, the sound segmented, and then I'll want them to blend it. So that, You and I are on the same page. Yeah. I was absolutely thinking I spy, a, you know, a rose. What do I see? Perfect. Rose. Um, I do love using the fly swatter for that one, though. Yeah. Especially with boys. I don't know. Girls love it, too. But there's something about they just getting that. They just want to swat it. Um, okay, so moving on to more multisensory stuff. This one can be an indoor or an outdoor activity. Um, I found this great picture of this little boy fishing for magnet letters. So you take either a stick magnet that you have or... Um, you can use a paper clip and a string, and you can dip it into a container that either has water or does not have water. And I like to mix the letters and numbers together and then have them sort them letters in one pile and numbers in another okay. pile. To start to see that different symbols have different functions. Right. If you have um, all kinds of other magnet um, you know, pieces or whatever, you can... Use your little heart's content. You can sort different sight words. You can sort words that have different patterns. There's a number of ways that you can do this, but and I love the multi-sensory. And there's some cool things, not just putting in a tub of water, but I've seen lately um, on Instagram and Pinterest where um, you can dye rice, and yes. then students can dig in the rice tub or sand. Um, I've even seen fake snow, but that's that's um, not summer. <laughs> right. Well, I love the sand. I've also seen with beans. Yeah. Um, all kinds of different textures. And um, the sensory component, they're called sensory boxes. And the, the sensory component is really powerful for students. And so um, a different surface that I also use, especially with magnets, is my refrigerator. I know that a lot of people don't have the magnetized refrigerators, but our dishwasher happens to be magnetized. Okay. And so, um, and you can I always will... use a cookie sheet or a muffin tin. Exactly. Yep. So those are the other surfaces that work really well. Um, all right, we're moving into indoor activities. What do you think about that? Yeah, I guess the rainy days <laughs> when it rains in the afternoon. Yeah, especially those, um, those mid afternoon showers. So this is, um, a parking lot 
and the kids, uh, I have um, a parking lot from Juggling with Kids, and she just has a big poster board, and she has written sight words on that. You can put index cards on your carpet and just let your child drive a little matchbox car to whatever word you say. Um, you can also use a deck of cards and have them match. You can just call from the other room, hey, find the word the, and drive their word. Go in and check and see. I like that. And speaking of the toy cars, I saw on Instagram um, and saved it to my collection in my file to make at yes. some point. Probably I'll have time in the summer to make it, but we have a lot of Hot Wheels cars at our house. And um, a teacher just wrote a Sharpie uh, with the Sharpie on the roof of each car, a letter. And yeah. so they made their own little uh, letter manipulatives with cars. And so then you could do CBC words or sight words or anything. I love that. That was great. Spelling it with cars. I know that because I just saved it and it's um, at Mrs. Stamps Kindergarten. Okay. Um, so if you need to look it up immediately, <laughs> go for it. Uh, we'll, we'll try and um, send a link with that one too. Uh, I did sight word parking lot a lot in my classroom and it was a really great fun activity for the kids to try. It's also a really good sibling activity too. Okay. So especially an, if you have an older and younger. An older and younger, especially if the younger is working on this. So um, I love that. Okay. On to windows because I love other surfaces. So our preschool actually gave me this idea and then I found it again, but our preschool uses um, washable markers on the windows often um, because they come right off with soap Just and like water. Just like regular Crayola ones? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, they did a lot of labeling. So it, at the preschool, they were taking a guess to see how many windows did they have at the preschool. And then the kids went by and they actually marked each of the windows, one, two, three, four. Um, and if they were not capable of doing that, the teacher did it for them. And so they labeled all the windows um, and they counted how many there were. So that was really cool. Mm -hmm. I loved that activity. This one um, I found is an alphabet um, matching activity. And so they take the foam letters that you can get at the dollar tree. Oh, or, and they're like clingy. They're so do they cling clingy. to yeah, the, they can either the glass? Be, yep. Mm -hmm. Or if you wet it a little bit? Yep. I've seen the clingy ones at Target. I've seen them all over the place. But basically, it doesn't really matter if you want to stick a little piece of tape on it or yeah. however it is. Um, you would write a letter on the window, and then the kid would match the foam letter with it. So I thought that was super cute. And you could do lowercase to lowercase. You could do uppercase to lowercase. You could do sight words and match it with a post-it note. Okay. Words um, and um, letters in their name. Yep. Uh, or sight word, fa or, I'm sorry, word families um, or beginning letter sounds. Let me say one thing with sight words that a lot of students, they when they see it on index card, it's usually lowercase. Yes. But then in a sentence, it's uppercase. A lot of times for words that start a sentence. And they won't recognize it with that one capital letter. So, like, they'll know how when it is H-O-W, all lowercase. lowercase. And then when they see uppercase H-O-W, they get confused. I'm so glad you pointed that and out. So That's a really good Usually thing. when I make my index cards, I do it front and back. I get that. I don't get the ones with the lines. I get um, the blank ones on both sides so mm -hmm. that I can have that um, just the first letter uppercase. Oh, I love that one. The word did is like that, too, if it's all start a question. Especially that capital D throws them off. Yeah, it that's does. a really Even good v, point. Even V, the capital T. So um, that's another thinking. thing that you could do. Um, okay, I have a baby pool one because uh, 
I've had this baby pool in my house. It does kind of take up space, but I've learned to use it a lot now. Okay. So uh, the baby pool one is great where you can either fill it with water or not. Um, in this uh, particular um, post, the mom has written the entire alphabet in chalk, and then the pool is next to it. The pool is filled with water in foam letters, and then the little girl scoops it out with a net. And then she matches each letter that she gets out. Okay, so she what, she um, will stick the foam letter on top of the mm-hmm. chalk letter. Yeah. Cute. Cute, huh? Um, another one is an upper and lowercase sort, like a treasure map. We love treasure hunts in our house. And so um, this has a free printable associated with it, but you could easily do um, some treasure map stuff at your house. Um, and this is an upper and lowercase match. Um, let's see. These are seashells, um, seashells that have sight words written on them. And then the seashell is then turned over and they have Play-Doh and then they have a toothpick and the child is writing the word in Play-Doh. I like that. I like that one too. Um, I do this often because this is a really, um, Orton Gillingham kind of thing, but we do sand trays a lot. And so my sand tray, uh, looks differently. Mostly it does look like the one I have in the picture with just a clear kind of shoebox size container. And I put some sand in and, um, there happens to be some little clamshells that have sight words on it. And then the child writes with their finger, um, that way. So that's cute. Uh, okay, another family favorite at our house is the muffin tins. Um, muffin tins for sorting words. And this one was great because we have tons of those applesauce caps in the pouches. Yes. So we have a lot of those. And so they use that as a manipulative on this oh, to cute. sort. Um, you can use small, tiny toys. You can use Cheerios, raisins, whatever you have around. Um, but they have uh, find the sight word and cover the sight word. And so they have words written on those little cupcake liners? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then also I've seen in a cupcake tin, because it's three across, you can do CBC words. Yes. And so you could do a list of like word family words. Yep. Um, yeah. Log, dog, and so forth. I've also seen... Um, with like all the same beginning sounds. Okay. And you can sort them by colored liners if you want. Um, I've done it that way. Sometimes even just working on regular letters mm-hmm. or sorting, uh, you know, cover up all of the vowels cute. would be a cute one. Um, so this particular one is growing book by book and they have four different reading games to use with muffin tins. Uh, another favorite medium I have is a toilet paper roll. We use it for a lot of different projects. This one is cute. They have rhyming words, and then you stack the rhyming words. So you would take the paper roll, and you would cut it into about a one-inch ring, and on each ring you would write a, a rhyming word, like clip, chip, hip, dip, and then they would they would stack those up, which I thought was cute. Mm-hmm. This one um, was a favorite for my toddler, and this is the ABC tube. So you take a paper towel roll um, that's a little bit longer, and you write the letters on top of the paper towel roll, and then you take little stickers that have alphabet letters, and you cover them. I like that. Mm-hmm. Or like you could use the little colored dots. Those colored dots are great. All right, I'm coming to the end of my list, but of course I could talk forever about this. Um a word hunt in your game using post-it notes. So give your kid a clipboard, 
put about 10 words all around your house and say, go find each of the 10 words and have them copy each of the words onto their paper. Yeah, we record this at Mary's house, you guys. Like every single thing that you can label in a house is labeled. <laughs> it's like a classroom, like door, window, kitchen, pantry. There's little words on index cards all around our house, but her, um, her daughter can read them all. She is really into reading, and I'm really proud of her for all of that stuff. But it's mostly because she's interested that I just keep engaging her, which I think is really great. Um, so, yeah, and she, the other thing that she does love to do is relabel. So if I have something labeled, then she will write it in her own writing okay. and label on top Isn't of that. Isn't it meaningful? Right, and so that's really sweet, too. So after they read or copy all of their words, don't forget to have them read the words to you. Yes. That's my final piece. And make sure that you are engaging in some good quality reading time and enjoying the summer. And I like the idea of writing, using those words. In, um, Pre-K and kindergarten, they'll often have a center called Write the Room. Yeah, that's and where so the idea is from. so you're doing that at the house. Yeah. Yep. And I, I encourage parents to do that, too, especially... Um, I, you've maybe seen before I have like them by my, um, my light switches. So yes. before we turn on and off, we read the, the word that's by the door. So it's fun and it's engaging. I call them, um, uh, passwords or code, secret code words. I like that. <laughs> well, usually I don't want to be in teacher mode when I'm at home with my sons, but I'm yeah. actually excited to do a bunch of these games with them because like the ones you suggested, um, if I just prepare those materials in a basket by the door, then I don't have to, it's minimal prep. And then I can really keep the kids engaged and it's not just. You don't want to wake up in the morning feeling day. like, I don't want to do anything. I can't think, but you might just get a little spark of an idea. And I think the other really wonderful part is that your kids, once they are engaged, they will take it on themselves. Okay. And I think that's really the key is just not letting, um, you know, the summer pass you by too much without engaging them or at least inspiring them a little bit to, to keep up their skills. Thank you so much for these ideas. Y'all be sure and check out the website for this episode in particular, episode 26, um, on readingteacherslounge.com so that you can see the full list of links of all the um, games. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram. Write us a review on um, Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts so that more people can um, find out about and share some of the ideas that we're sharing. We would also love to hear back from you. So please join the conversation. Send us an email. Reach out to us on Instagram. Um, and, you know, let us know uh, if you have any other great summer activities, too. And thank you um, to Jordan Kempker for the music and Allison Zaina for creative for the for the artwork. 